A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's two choirs singing the exact same piece. And... Did you spot the crucial difference? A small difference could be crucial, even when it comes to loans. If you're thinking about a personal loan, the CCPC Independent Money Tool can help you compare loan rates in seconds. Find the best rate for you at ccpc.ie. From the Competition and Consumer Protection Commission. Yes, welcome to Keeping the Ball on the Ground. We've got Kevin Kyle there, we've got the Mayor of Norwich, Kenny McLean, and we've got Craig Levine in his glasses at the bottom. How are you doing, lads? What are your glasses, man? Mate, I'm only wearing them because, and I'm no, listen, I'm not going to bow down to these, but I've got the biggest spot of all time right in between my two eyeballs, so I need to hide it, mate. Shows it. Just one peek, mate. Don't say it in no. the... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that thing nearly poked me in the eye. <laughs> I thought it was Daniel Stendhal there, young man. <laughs> Oi, great to hear the mayor in Norwich, John. Kenny, I want to know why was that again? Why are you called the mayor in Norwich? Ah, uh, mate, it was uh, when we got promoted. Um, I, was, I was mad. We ended up just... See, when I went back to the room, I cringed it, but it was funny at the time. Just took the mayor's hat off, and we, did, uh, we were out in the balcony, and all the fans were there, and I had the mayor's hat, the mayor's bell ringing it. Nobody knew me up until that point in Norwich. Nobody even knew me for playing football. <laughs> oh, we've got the mayor, he's a mayor of Finiston, ain't you, Slaney? Well, listen, I know he said there that he, he, he cringes a wee bit, but when you get labelled the mayor, and you come on this show, you've got to have big balls to come up and face we'll me. Take it. You know what I mean? So it's going to be the new, new... We're having a wee laugh here. But I've heard big, strong rumours that the mayor of Norwich could be signing for Glasgow Rangers. Kenny, boy, I don't want anything to derail my ten in a row. Now, I know the mayor could be coming to town to try to stop it. So can you confirm to the boys who know, will you be a Glasgow Rangers player next season? Wow. How can you throw me under the bus after two minutes? <laughs> That's shocking, isn't it? Shocking. Well, I bet, Kev, you, and you put Mayor Nays on every end, don't you? What do you say? <laughs> Mayor Nays, you're I don't like Mayor Nays, I'm a Sally Queen man. Oh, hey, Kenny. I know you're a big Rangers fan, as Slaney's mentioned, but you must respect his part in, in, uh, in nine in a row, Paul Slade's. Oh, he's massive. He got it started, did he? You're spot on, Kenny. You're absolutely spot on. I remember, you, I remember you walked in the reserve to play the reserves, and I was there. Do you remember that with St Mirren? I think so, but I can remember the first time I met you. Yeah, can you just confirm to the boys how I was? I'm not too sure. I'll tell you the first time I met you. Can you remember? Have you been to Malia? Absolutely. Yes. Can you remember meeting me there? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> you listen, this is a true story. This is not true. You were there with the Motherwell boys, weren't you? Yeah. I was able to sit with boys. This is true. I swear to God, this is true. Walked into a barn. There was the Motherwell boys. We walked in. We were talking to them. Slaney was talking to this bird. Quite a heavier bird. <laughs> he was like that. I swear to God, he was like that to you. 
how you doing, Hen? She was like, ah, I know bad. He was like, ah, listen, you've been name chatting and you've been the night. <laughs> so he and he was like, ah, she says to him, what are you talking about? He says, near Vash, you came together. I swear <laughs> to God, that was a true story. That's true. <laughs> and Bob just looked at him and walked away. Oh, mate. The amount of buds are true. Do you have the glasses on? Yeah, we need to speak about this as well. Kev, we've spoken about Celtic winning the nine and Euro team hearts look like they're going to do, mate. Uh, going to go down. Devastated? No, mate, they deserve to go down. See when you're bottom of the league and uh, you're trying to blame everything else on reconstruction and coronavirus and everything else. You're bottom of the league for a reason, Sai. They've only good enough. There's no point in trying to pick up points. Like, come end the season. They've got a chance. They had a chance with it when the split arrives, but ultimately. They've only won something like three games all season, I think it was. So that, that to me, merits being bought in the league. And obviously, it, it is bad luck being relegated without finishing a season. But had they won some more enough, more games side, they wouldn't have been bought in the league and it wouldn't have been in this situation. Correct, mate. There's two things in Scottish football that will never go down. Hamilton Ake's and your weight. <laughs> <laughs> See, to be fair, I've, I, I'm actually, I've actually lost a bit of weight. Same what? I, I don't know how. I've just kept <laughs> the skills. The skills are gone down, so I don't know whether Lynn's rigged them and made me feel better. I don't know, but I'm, they're gone down. You're looking great, mate. Kenny, what about. Uh, see, on the Rangers thing, Big, Mc, Big McBurney on, he was saying that you and him used to go to games together. Uh, we've been to a few, eh? Um, What's he like? Is he a madman? Ah, uh, he's mad. He just. Does my not, I know. It just annoys me. We are dead. No, he's oh. just constant. I shared him when we were away with Scotland as well. He's just constant, man. Sometimes you just need a break from him. But I, we got to the game sometimes uh, where we have done in the past when we get the chance. But I'm in a, we played a Saturday and I'm in, I'm in every Sunday now, so it's hard. Yeah, Slaney, I mean, I say as well, we spoke about the coaching job, but you never really, I want you to sell yourself for this first team coaching job. Like, what could you bring? What would you change to get the team 10 in a row? Si, see, see the thing is, mate, right? And, and people don't remember this. I was there when 10 in a row started. 9 in a row started, sorry. I went in when it was Moga's mess. Do you remember when Tony Mowbray was in? I was yeah. there and I had to deal with that. So, Lennon, I was Lennon there as well. Lennon was the reserve manager. So, me and Lennon... Above all, I've probably been through this more than anybody. And listen, I know I always, I always tell my lads, right, I do, but the amount of times Lennon's fought me through this time to ask my opinion and stuff. So I think it would only be fair now, Simon, to get me in. The, amount, the, the, the hard work I've went through, the amount of stuff I've went through with that club, and I do believe it's now time for me to get in. I really do, boys. It was your idea to go 3-5-2, wasn't it? He phoned you Christmas time. Absolutely, but it was very funny. Neil Lennon didn't seem to be fancying Lee Griffiths. Why all of a sudden did he change it? Ask yourself that. There you go. Uh, right, you Kenny, know. your league is getting finished. How's lockdown been, mate? Been a nightmare? It's actually been all right, to be fair. We've, uh, I've got a seven-month-old, so I'll be kept busy. So it's been good being in a house with her, but uh, we're good to get back. That's us back in the full training, that. So it's, um, it's been strange to see the... See the Training in small groups and all that, it was, it was terrible. You just went, it was just basically running. A passenger all day and I didn't So we're in the training now. Been, been out of training for a week. So I think we can start friendlies and that next week. So you're going to play friendlies, eh? I suppose we're going to be able to get a couple of friendlies before. Oh, we should go down and play them, lads. Get an open goal 11 down yeah. to play Norwich. And get them all together. We'd probably beat them, Si. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> oh, you're playing every week, aren't you, Kenny? Uh, I well, I have been. I think I've played a cup and league. I've played 33 or something this season. That's good. Amazing. So I have played about 30 league games. So I, it's been good. Too bad. Look at the gaff, Boys, look at the Premier League gaff. I've got to be I've got to be used to the Premier League. <laughs> that looks nice, mate. Uh, you confident to staying up, Kenny? Uh, well, we're not in the best position, but we've still got a chance. We've still got to play a lot of teams about us. Like we've still got to play like West Ham, Southampton, Watford. We've still got to play all the teams, so we've got a chance. But we're in a shocking position. It's all about us. 
Uh, here, Slaney, Kevin, I wanted to ask you as well. You watch the German football with empty stands. Looks like okay. it could be like that in the Premier League again uh, until the end of the season. What do you think of that, Kev? I, I think so. It's horrendous to watch. I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer. Like Fans obviously make football, but for me, just you, you should probably all agree that it just feels like very pre-season, doesn't it? Where there's no atmosphere, you just kind of turn up, you pass the ball for 20 minutes, then the other team passes the ball for 20 minutes, and then at the end of the game, somebody decides to win. I, I, I just, just find it bizarre. It just doesn't... I think I think they'd be better to get more exciting commentators during the game to try and fucking enhance it a wee bit because some of the guys that are commentating the Bundesliga games, dearie me, man. Is it Steve McManaman? Steve McManaman is horrific. <laughs> he, he, he feels like it feels to me like he's sitting having afternoon tea, and then once he's finished a scone, he then talks for two minutes and then goes back to finish the scone later on. It's like it's as if he's no focusing on the game. Yeah, what about the boys, Kenny? What would they think about playing with, in front of uh, no fans? I don't think anybody's having it, really, are they? Nobody. It is, like Kev says, it's a pre-season of it. But what can you do? Like, if we say it about it, especially us and the teams at the bottom of the league, teams are just saying, ah, oh, you don't want to finish it because we need up. But nobody wants to play in the stadiums, but it's gone ahead, obviously, so we just deal with it. Yeah, what about the Premier League, Kenny? Who's been, who's been brilliant that you've played against set in the field? I think John Henderson's going to get player of the year, isn't he? He's been... See when we came up, like, that was the first game of the season for us. Liverpool at Anfield. They beat us 4-0, man. We, we thought we'd done well. We were like, ah, we done all right there. 4-0 we get pumped. And then, um, like, John Henderson just doesn't even stop, but he's, he's got everything so he has. But obviously, everybody always talks about like, the Bruyne and that. But he was on the bench against us, believe it or not. I don't know why. But um, there's a lot of good players in there. Mate, I watched that first game of the season and you were trying to pop it, weren't you? Mate, that's Liverpool's strength, obviously the intensity, they press it. We were trying to play it for the back, they just murdered us. But that was a, that was a proper welcome to the Premier League game. Did you watch a game, Kit? I, did, I actually was thinking about that, Sorry, I did watch that game. Norris played brilliant because I remember that night watching it in match a day and they were all raving about how positive Norwich were. Because he's had chances in that game. Uh, we done it. We, that's what we were saying. We did do alright, but we came off getting beat four 0 And I think that happened a lot. We were so did. We were playing well, just won the won the winning games. Whereas in the championship, we would have all the ball and we would, we would obviously beat teams and just fire teams. But it's so different now. Can you see? Can you see? Obviously, you you are obviously um, younger than me. Going through the championship to the premiership, what's been your noticeable difference in the in the two different leagues? Premier League's so unforgiving. See if you make a mistake, it's a goal. Everybody like, see, says that. See the see the championship. Even if we conceded a goal, we would always go and score on our team. But mm-hmm. chances are so few and far between to create, but if you make one mistake, you're in trouble. But even if it's we've there's been games I've seen where Pookie's missed a chance and the teams were not that end of score. Aye. And it's it's just moments like it's mad. It's just the quality that's there is just all of the pitch as well. Did you change after that Liverpool game, Kenny? Like, see, you constantly played it for the back. See, after that, did you just change and think, right, we can't just play it for the back every time? Uh, we didn't right away, to be honest with you, because we thought, like, that's Liverpool, they're the best at doing it. Maybe they'll do that for us again. So we kept trying to, we were a bit naive that way, we just kept trying to go. And uh, we ended up. Even probably up to Christmas, we were just losing shitty goals, whether it was trying to play out or make mistakes, and then we kind of changed and see the third year. We actually started doing better, mm. conceding fewer goals, and we were a bit more solid, but I think the first half of the season killed us to where we were. Uh, right, mate, we're going to talk about your career. Came through at St. Man. I remember uh, we were going to play you at Dundee. I got injured in the warm-up, so I had to sit and watch, mate, and you were tremendous that day. You just played off a striker, didn't you? I used to play higher up, but some mum and I played there most of the time. And uh, Danny Lennon was the manager, wasn't he? Aye. How was he? Because we see him now, mate, and he says some outrageous stuff, man. Was he like that even back then? Aye, he was. He was, he was a bit of a cat. Did you see the one recently where he's got Nate Thruzzle's on? He was like that a wee bit. He, was, um, oh, he gave me my debut on that, so you always speak highly that person. He was, he was good for me, but he was, uh, he was strange at times. He was a strange guy at times. What sort of stuff? He, 
He would be to the be fair to me, he'd be in the gym first thing in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning, he'd be in the gym with staff after anxiety. Very <laughs> God, he was he would just somebody he would he would always prepare his team talks proper prepare prepare them. You could see he'd been in the middle of the night before. <laughs> one day. I think we were actually we finished eighth one year and we were going for the tap six, we were about five games to go. And he was comparing it to the Grand National. And he was in the middle of the changing room before a game. And he was up, I swear to God, he was, he was up as if he was on a horse. He's like, ah, we're just up here, by the way. We're cruising up the side. I think it was him, so we're in six. He's like, big Terry Brooks was in our sights and all that. He was saying, I think we fell. I think we must have fell because we slipped in anyway. But, but just things like that. He had, a young boy's always training his motor up. John McGinn was training his motor up the second day. I love that, man. What a character. By the way, he's played good football as well. Eh? Like, I thought he was unfairly sacked at St. Mum, Danny Lennon. The first thing you look back at it, we finished eighth, which was decent for St. Mum. We, uh, we obviously won the cup. We told me to take him in, and, like the two of them, they wanted to play football, like, like properly pop it for the bag. We, maybe we didn't have the, the players, but it worked a lot of the time and he done well. And then as soon as it, as soon as it went that way a wee bit, they just got rid of him. He's, uh, he's the, I, I like Danny Lennon as a manager, Kev. You, you like him? I, so, you know what, we've obviously had what, we've had jokes about Danny Lennon because some of the, the, the strange antics things he's, he has done, but he seems to be well um, respected by the guys that he worked under him. Mm. And he seems to be, he seems to try and put the right ideas across. And like you say, to win a cup, the Scottish Cup with St Mirren, that's as good an achievement as probably any manager can do, you know what I mean? With, with the resources and the... Was it Scott? Scottish Cup, wasn't it? Is it League Cup? Sorry. League Cup, League Cup. League Cup, aye. I'm fucking talking about Mars here, sorry. But uh, no, today that was St. Murren, like, you've still got to beat Celtic and Rangers somewhere along the line or beat the teams that beat Celtic and Rangers. So to win the, the, the League Cup, that's, that's, like, he'll go down there as one of the best if I've ever had, having done that. But he left St. Murren and basically disappeared from football. I know he's working with Clyde and stuff, but. Scottish football and managers is a strange, it's a strange gig. You seem to do well one minute and all of a sudden you're put into the oblivion and we never see you again. So I don't know. Danny Lennon's just maybe a a, a a member of the kind of fucking do well one minute, we'll get ready and forget all about you in all minute. But whereas players that have worked under him have totally respected what he's tried to do or done. How was that? Uh, how was the days after the cup final, Kenny? What was we girls on that like? Oh. Uh, we guys on that. He was he was mad. I don't know if that's when we I think we I don't know if it was the end of the season or after that final about Ibiza. I think it was mate, I remember he was I think he phoned me when you were on Ibiza. Mate. He had a right go on Ibiza. See see we came back. When we came back for Ibiza it was a player of the year too. And I used to pick him up at the showcase. And he I'd say to him when I think when we touched down I said, I'll pick you up. I think it was the, day, the, the next day, the, uh, the player of the year do. I said, I'll pick you up at whatever time. And he's like, I like sound. Went to pick him up, he just did a trap. I was, uh, I, was, I was trying to phone him, kept trying to phone him. Ended up having to leave, went to play the year do. Just before we all get like, announced in, he spoke me. I was like, mate, we're, we're just about to win here. Like, where are you? He was like, ah, mate, I'm in the hospital with a drip. A dehydration. He got the most play after four days like Bifa. He had a right over there, man. But he, but he loves it, didn't he? Ah, he was mad. What a player he was, by the way. Like, was, he a, was, he still, was he a money wee bastard back in? Oh, my God. Don't think I've... There's, he's been the worst I've played with in terms of money. Would he get but on yeah. you? Would he get on you? Uh, no, he likes I used to pick him up in the morning. <laughs> so it would have been awkward in the morning when he back in. <laughs> No, but mate, Kev, do you, have you played? Have you seen McGinn play? I've seen him. I think I played against him, Sai, when he played with St. Martin. I think when I came to Kilmarnock, uh, I think I played St. Martin a number of times. And Kenny would have been playing for St. Martin. I remember Kenny because he had a, he did have a decent left foot. To be fair, I'm not going to blow your trumpet, but he had a nice left foot. Uh, and I remember we Paul McGowan. But to me, he just always looked like. Because I didn't know him and I couldn't say he's the wee angry man, which I know now through open goal, but he did just look like the scruffiest wee fucking football player you've ever seen in your life. I'm thinking, is this guy, we just picked him up out of the street, he's been sitting homeless for a couple of nights and they picked him up and said, come on son, we'll give you some kit, we'll give you a wash and then you go. Because if he goes into the shower, right, dries his hair and then just messes it back up again. 
Did they get the wrong picture here? He's got the fluffiest hair I've ever seen. So fluffy. <laughs> Mate, after about two minutes, it just goes like that, doesn't it? Oh. He's got it. He's got Mate, I can't believe he's still hanging on it. Terrible. Mate, he Surely Lockdown shaved it. Surely shaved it. He was going to go to Sheffield United, wasn't he, one year for St. Man, and he ended up staying at St. Man for another year, and I think that kind of killed him. I can mind that. He, he did have a chance to. I think he had a cut off, actually, but Sheffield United was obviously the main man. And um, there, was, there was big talks here, but I think. I just think he had it too easy there. No, I mean, he was comfortable. He was one of the players, weren't he? I think he needed something just to. Because he could have went. Much better level, his ability could have went way higher, I think. But he just he just felt comfortable said one. He was obviously staying at home. Easy enough for him and he was he was top man for years. With him and with him and Danny argue. Uh, I think they just let him go on with it. Because mm-hmm. I say he was probably the best he's the best player there and he was it looked painful when he was more than people. His face would go purple. <laughs> it looked honestly. But I think they just kind of a little, no matter what he says, he was never changing, was he? So I think they just kind of a little bit. What about uh, Stephen Thompson? He a good lad as well? Uh, it's almost good. It was a, it was a right young change room we had then, and obviously with a couple older boys, with Tom, um, Jim Goodwin, Tilly. But Tom, uh, they, were, they were all good, all the older boys, but Tom was, I think he was just starting to calm down a wee bit. That was him getting to about 35, just calm down, so... But he was, he was still good, even on Christmas too, it's not that way. The guitar and all that stuff. We went, we went, in fact, we went to a pre-season trip up there. And we played a game in the morning, obviously, you get your night out at the end of the pre-season. We t- played a game in the morning against Charlton, I think it was, and we got battered. On the way back, Jim Goodwin was captain, he says to Danny Lennon, can we, obviously, get a night out at the night? He's like, that's no problem. We went back, Danny Lennon says, oh, curfew is 10 o'clock or something. Something stupid. So there was a bit of negotiating, you know, I think we got the curfew at about one o'clock. We ended up just saying, nah, we'll just leave it, we'll just no go out. Went back to the hotel. Uh, we ended up going to the shop, getting loads of bevy. There was about 10 days in one of the room. So there was enough to, there was enough money to turn up to train the next day. It turned into a stag do. <laughs> big Tomo. This was the Saturday night, the Sunday, Big Tomo. There was a boy playing at the complex, the guitar. Big Tomo paid him for the guitar. Sat there playing the guitar all day. Danny Lennon was at the side of the pool Sunday. Nene's ready to train we guys that was bombing the pool next to Danny Lennon. It was bad. Oh, I love that, man. Uh, mate, you would never think that, Kev, looking at Stephen Thompson, eh? but see some of the stories, man. It meant to be an absolute madman. Hey, so I actually, when I, when I got picked for Scott in 2002, uh, the Hong Kong career thing, I, he was my roommate. Was he? Yeah? For, for me, he was like, he was fucking too intelligent for me, like he was clever. He had these like books and stuff with, with Neil and I, or with Neil and I, I can't remember what it was called. And he's like, here, big man, here, we need a that. I was like, look, Tomo, I don't read books, mate. I just look at pictures, so don't bother with the book. And like, I got I got to know him in that, and he was quite a big, uh, smooth, kind of suave, big guy. He was clever enough. And then see at the end of the whole trip, like uh, Kenny was saying there, we went down to the, the main strip of Hong Kong, I think it was Lang Fu Street or something, and fucking Tomo just burst onto the, there was a band playing, took the guitar off the guy, started playing all the Oasis tunes and that, and singing great singer by the way. The whole place was up clapping, foot going, drinking. And I'm thinking, I've just room with this blown bastard for ten days and he's fucking give it his shell. <laughs> hey, never found somebody too quick. Uh, right. Oh, was, was Vansy there as well? Vansy was here, aye. Is Vansy a hero? Ah, uh, what a guy. He was by still talk to Vansy. Still talk to him quite often. That's what he takes me all day. What is, uh, what is it about him, Kenny? Just his one liners in there? Mate, he's, he's such a child. He's such a child, I swear to God. He used, as I say, we had a young squad then, and he, he used to, like, think he was... So we were 18, 19, 20, like... There was, like, Jason A. Smith, John McGinn, we were all young, and he just used to be desperate to be at edge again. And he used to just leave the house and just hate life there, just come in and just love it. Mate, you get older guys like that, didn't you? Can't wait to get into the younger boys, man. I know. Yeah, I uh, mentioned the mayor, John McGinn. Like, be totally honest, could you tell he would go right to the top? Coming through youth teams? Nah. He, he, he played left back, like, wow. always played left back. Youth team is year below me. And he, he, I swear, he was an actual meatball. He's, he was a meatball. He was always like, he was always this size, but he was tiny. He was a wee chode. 
and he played right back. He was never, I don't think he was ever really that well thought of, like even youth team, but then he went into, and then he midfield, and he stepped up to the first team, and he just, I don't know, he, he changed so much, even in midfield, it just changed him so much, and see the mere confidence he got, even, so I would have played first team with him for a couple of years, and he was still good, but see, see seeing him grow, it was, it was just pure confidence for me, like, see when he got that confidence, when he went ahead, he was top man, everybody was talking about him, he just got better and better, and now he's obviously, he's, he's, he's a big name in the Premier League now. It's frightening, Kevin. It's that, that, that's that Murray game I was talking about. This sums the McGinn's up, Kev. John and Paul McGinn, right, tackled each other and we, the ball came to Paul McGinn and instead of running and get the ball, he helped his brother up and St. Murray came and took the ball from him and Paul Hartley's going off his fucking nut at the side because instead of just tackling his brother and going forward to the ball, he pure panicked because he tackled his brother and helped his brother up, mate, and St. Murray ran through and nearly scored. <laughs> There's some team in there. Kenny, see, uh, see John McGinn. Are you played against John McGinn in the Premier League? Obviously, you're playing midfield with Norwich. Have you come up against him? Aye. And what, how, how, obviously, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have worried playing against him because you would know him personally, having been a teammate and stuff. Did he run all over top of you, or was it all right? Or what did you, could you well, see him? You know, it's like seeing you play against, or when you play with players, you know how they Aye. play and all that. So, I knew John McGinn would just back that big ass at me. So you just kind of try and give him a yard, but he, they beat us 5-1 early on in the season. They beat us 5-1 at home, man. and McGinn was unbelievable. Like he was, he was him and Grealish were unplayable. Then we, we, we went to their bit, I think he was injured. I think he was injured for the, the game at their bit, but they beat us 5-1 and they absolutely battered us and everybody was talking about the next game. Oh, that's good. See, uh, see on that, Kenny, see where, when you, you're leaving St. Murray, we're going to talk about now. So you getting moved into that number 10 role, that kind of got you your move, didn't it? Because I remember you were scoring goals for fun. Aye, so just, so we, we Tommy Craig took care of for Danny Lennon, he was assistant. Uh, and, and then it was Tilly, Tilly and Jim Goodwin took the job for a while, remember? It was them at kind of a, they, they took in the, I think it was the December or something like that, and I moved in January. But Tilly started playing me up front, like, like up front myself, mm. and I'd scored a few goals, so like, you know, it's like goals obviously get your name out there, so I'd scored quite a few goals that season, and then I went to, I went to Aberdeen, but like, we were, we were, we were struggling massively at some that time, like we were, we were rock bottom in the league, and as I said, Tilly put me up front, it was kind of a just, try and try, get points, but get the ball up to me, and I'll just try something, so it was like, it was hard at that time, and I was just kind of like, I felt, I'd been, I'd probably played for St. Murray for maybe four years in the first team, but it was time kind of like to move on, and I spoke to Thierry, and he went, obviously he was, he wasn't like to lose me, and he wasn't happy with me about moving, but I, I said to him, like, I need to kind of like, just get out of this now. Kev, now he knows how you fucking felt, or your career playing for <laughs> young man. I know, but the, the, that's it. I always think, Sai, when you're a midfielder, you can kind of you kind of know that every position. But when you're playing up front, man, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard, hard gig. But ultimately, for you, Kenny, it probably got your move because you started scoring goals because you've always had like a really good left foot. And you, before that, you would get goals for a free kick or something or assists from a good boy in the box. But then you actually start scoring goals. You don't become that hold the midfielder. You become that. Attacking midfielder and people like attacking midfielder. So I moved to Aberdeen, step up. How was that for you? What did you think got to Aberdeen? Did you have any other options at that time? Uh, I had a couple of options. Um, hey, what are then? Come on, tell us. Um, do you know who I actually went and met? Uh, oh, what's his name? Big fat guy under the touchline at Wembley. Steve <laughs> Evans. Went and met Steve Evans, man. Steve Evans. <laughs> They, they, that was, he was a brother at the time. Uh, Kev, he's Kev's brother, isn't he? Can <laughs> <laughs> I ask you this before you... Did he have eyeliner on when you met him? Mate, I'm 100% sure he wears makeup, man. I couldn't look the guy in the eye. <laughs> if I've seen that running down the touchline. <laughs> Honestly, but he... What was he like? He was alright, so he's... He would, well, he says to me he was uh, the same bit as me in Cam's eye. So he knew something about my family and that, so like, everything seemed to be alright and it, 
as I say, it was champ. They were at the championship at the time, so it was obviously like, yeah, we've been here and trying, trying to win a champ and see how it is. But then it just went a bit cold there in Aberdeen. It was the last day that went there, I signed for Aberdeen, so I was like, kind of a lot of, lot of moves. So I just went to Aberdeen, it turned out pretty good. What was that? How was Dale when you first met him? He's top man, isn't he? Aye, uh, Dale could, he could persuade him to sign, man. Talks so well, like just. Talked such a good game and he was brilliant for me to be first year the whole time I was there. I couldn't speak highly enough of him. He was, he was obviously good for me, but see for Aberdeen what he done and what he's still doing. Like, he gets, even Aberdeen fans up there, I think they're just kind of a, want a change. I don't know why, but they just want a change. And I don't think it's for any particular reason. I think Aberdeen fans, Aberdeen sometimes are like some of the big clubs that leave the Premiership in England. They get doing the leagues and they never ever get back to the level where they used to be. And I think that some of the, the Aberdeen fans think they're the 86 European Cup Winners Cup team and they want to get back to that. And unfortunately, you've got to just accept where you're in the league and finishing third, pushing some pains for second. That's what Aberdeen is. And if, if Derek, uh, Derek McInnes is doing that every season, what else is he supposed to do? He's been to Cup Final, he's been to like, Runners Up and things, he's won a Cup Final. I don't know what else he can do. I like, I think he took care of it about relegation, it's like battle and relegation a wee bit. I don't know who it is, it's Craig Brown or something. Craig Brown, it doesn't matter how you like it. So, like, as I say, what is, he obviously, every year they lose players up there, they lose, they lose two or three players every year. So he needs to replace that, and it's, it's a tough cycle, like, because a, a lot of players they use are means of stepping stone now, which is hard for a manager, because players are only got here, they want to replace that. And I think he's done it as well as um, they could have, and I don't think, He'll get appreciated even now until he does leave, probably. Right, mate, big question. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com The big question that every Aberdeen fan, every Scottish football fan wants to know, who's got a curlier toe, Considine or Reynolds? Oh, Mark Reynolds. Oh, my goodness. He can't <laughs> kick the ball straight, but he'll, he'll admit it himself. See that ball to the second striker? He's going on what, man? Honestly. But he didn't mean the second striker. He was meaning that he was meaning probably the winger. He meaning the winger in that second striker. What a guy, though. He's a great lad, Reynolds, isn't he? Great lad, man. Who questions me to Aberdeen? Probably Jacko. Like, when I went there, I knew Jacko. Because I was used to him at Aberdeen, I was just came at Aberdeen, then went to Angels, then went to St. So I played with like Jacko, um, then with like Nicky Lowe, Fivey, Cammy Smith. I played with all these players before, Peter Pollock. Um, but Jacko was, Jacko's like, what a player he is, man. See, on the ball in that, he's just so so composed and everything he does is just, he's, he's got that back class. And I think he was another one that didn't get appreciated until he left Aberdeen, I think. Like the fans obviously went to Angels and they were, Kicking up about it, but when he went, we, we did replace him for about two years. Would, uh, would Jack get on to boys now, Kenny? Because obviously I heard the story about him fighting Willow Flood. Was he like that constantly? 
and Jacko is angry. Jacko, he could go, man. He could blow his lid. And obviously, he was captain as well, so he had to have that wee bit of authority, but he, he, was, a, he was an angry guy. See what he got right to him? Oh, he, he just shit his mad eyes. You just you shouldn't look at him. You think he was going to kill you? But he's, uh, he's the top man. James Madison was there as well, Kev. He, he's blind to Man United now, man. Did you like him at Aberdeen, Kev? You know what, Si, I can't actually admit, see when, see when we, I think we talked about it on a, on a podcast two, three weeks ago about James, the players that, that were in the, I think it was the, one of the top tens or top one, yeah. and I was like, I actually cannot remember that kid playing for Aberdeen. So I kind of, like, I kind of got a picture of him, I kind of got a highlight in my head of him. But the fact that, obviously, it's Sean McKenney, Aberdeen, you know, it's playing the Premiership, not a problem. Aberdeen is a stepping stone because it is a big club. People take notice, so... James Madison probably either thought, fucking hell, I don't want to play for Aberdeen, I want to get myself back down the road and yeah, go of it. But to go for on loan to Aberdeen to now being where he's at and the potential talk of moves that he's, he's maybe going to have, it's absolutely frightening. He did, he done some unreal stuff at Aberdeen to Kerry. Oh, did he? Aye. He, uh, he had some great moments. Uh, he, never, he never played every week, did he? He did, me, like, because he was. He's still young now, but he was obviously younger then, so he was a bit of a luxury, do you know what I mean? And he had me. Um, obviously, he had the experience at Scottish football. You know, so we used to play three in the middle, and he used to play the ten, but even when you were at Aberdeen, I played the ten a lot there, you still had to do defensive work. See, especially going up against Rangers and Celtic, you were sitting in behind the ball, so you didn't play the games. They go, they go and score against Rangers, they came on as a sub for the free kick. Yeah, that was right. So, so <laughs> maybe, maybe Dale didn't trust him to do that side of the game, but his, his ability was... His ability was scary, you know, his first session, you were like, wow. He was a wee guy, like this wee, this wee spoil-faced guy, he just rocked up, and he was something else. Was he? Yeah, what, in the first session, you could tell he was like head and shoulders above everyone else? Ah, uh, you could, ability-wise, you could tell, but he had, he had an arrogance that he knew he was going to be so much better, you know what I mean? But we didn't quite see the games. Obviously, he'd done some stuff, you were like, wow. But he, it was like he knew, like, I'm going to be... I'm going to be so much better than this, which is good to have you a top player. But he was, um, I had, he had a lot of confidence, let's just say that. He had, um, Did anyone blow that confidence in him? Like, was anyone like, nah, I'm not having that, and we'd boot him? Jack? Uh, I tried to. I tried <laughs> to. Um, I had a, had a body on one day up at Ross County, but he, he, he was just, he was, he, was a, he was such a good boy, he was a lovely boy, but he was just up at Ross County one day and I think, I don't know, maybe I, I gave the ball away or something like that. He says something, like, just came here. And I was like, you little bit. <laughs> but then, but then somebody would do an injured. So we're at the side having a drink and I'll get a body and I was, my head was gone, man. I was like, you little dickhead. But he was, uh, aye, but I, maybe not to the extent what he is now, but he definitely the quality, but what he's, what he's done, back at Norwich, had an unbelievable season of the champ and then, He's just went. He's just getting better. Mm. I love him now as a player, Kev. Do you? No, he's very, he is very good. Si. he's got that. Um, he's got that wee bit of arrogance about him that some players can carry off. Whereas with him, he's got the technical ability to to to, to pair the two up. And it, I, I just, for me, Pears is a striker. I like the the quality of the, the dead ball situations he puts in. Whether it's a free kick for himself at goals or whether it's something wide. He just, he's always available. He's always one of these boys that wants the ball. You don't see him hiding. He'll try things. If they work out, he'll come back and try again. I think that's, that gets lost sometimes in players where they'll try something. It doesn't work out and then they'll get into a shell. He doesn't seem to be like that. He just means, seems to be like, give me the ball again, I'll try again, I'll try again. And I think that's just confidence. And um, it's something to admire. Uh, Kenny, I want to ask you. See, when you're playing against like McGinn and... Uh... Madison, who you've played with before, do you like, give, give each other a bit on the pitch? Because see, in Scotland, mate, I couldn't believe everyone wanted to argue with you in Scotland. They're like, we Neds for Patrick Thistle always wanted to give you a bit. Is it like uh, that in the Premier League now? Um, no, really. To be fair, the last time, the, the game against Leicester, we was got a wee bit, got a wee bit heated, actually, because we were one up. Obviously, they were still, I think they might have been a couple of points after Liverpool, so they were they were desperate to win games, especially against teams like us, they felt they should just be winning. We were beating them 1-0, and me and smashed Alex Petty, like smashed him. And I grabbed him like, what the fuck are you doing? You don't do that. And he was like, he was fuming. His head was gone, so we had a wee bit of that, that game, but 
when players are in the game, like, I can't take him seriously the rest of the time, so if he says something, I'm just going to laugh him. Brilliant. Just on Aberdeen, uh, obviously, fans loved you there, mate. you done really well. Uh, is it a wee bit of regret that you never won any in there? You were so close so many times, but we're certainly just that wee bit too good for you. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, I don't think you can dress that up any other way, but they were too good for us. But when you're getting to finals, you'll always get a chance. We had, we had a couple of big chances against them in a couple of finals. Um, obviously, we, we finished second to them the three years I was there, but they just always did a bit too much for us. I think the, the Scottish Cup final line here, the one Bogic scored late on. Yeah. I uh, don't know if you can remember me and we Johnny Hayes came through late on in the game. Like through 2v1. It was up the, it was right before Rogic scored. That was a massive moment in the game, man. And it was me and Johnny were going through. I can't remember who the defender was. Might have been big Daft Ambrose or something. Gave us a ball. And we were running through. And it was, if we score that, like if, he scored it probably eight, nine times out of ten. Two is running through, he squared it. And I've, I've probably went a bit too early. It was behind me. And was, uh, that was that was probably the biggest chance we had then, obviously, obviously from the other side. Scored their qualities came through in the end. But it was it was always like that. But you, at a club at Aberdeen, you should be winning cups every every so often, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was it was disappointing that we didn't win it, right? I did expect you to win a cup. Like, I thought that you were good enough to win a cup one of the years. See, I could just relentless man, wouldn't I? We had a good squad. See if you look at a squad. We had some squad, by the way, like mm. the players we had at the time, obviously, I mentioned Jacko, Shinny, Rooney McGinn, Hayes, Peter Pollock, who was unbelievable for a season. We had, we had a, a lot of good, good players. And uh, as I say, we, we, were just, we were just always second best, I think. That was, that was just the problem. Mate, see, playing against you as well, Kev, they were fit as fuck, Aberdeen. You were always fit as any, man. Like, you were relentless. You would just go constantly. There was never times it was like keep it for it was just go for goal all the time, man. That day was his training quite was it quite tough? His training uh, the training was intense. Doc, Doc took a lot of training. The training was quite intense, but it was just just the way we played, we didn't want to we didn't really fuck about too much with the ball. Like hmm. we, we we had players that could handle the ball, but when you're going to get in haze white with that pace and running the box and like we just we just countered on teams every opportunity we got. We would never take the thing out of the game or anything like that, but we we had we had a lot of quality through the team that we could have we probably could have been a passing team, like we kept in that, but just like we were just relentless, as you say, the way we played and just just like the battle teams. There was only a race for second Kev winning between Rangers and Aberdeen as well. Aye, but that's what I was going to say. Like the years that Rangers won in the league, did you just get like a bit of a conference with that, thinking, right, okay, we should finish second, why don't we give Celtic a a run for the title, do you know what I mean? Because even when Rangers come back in, he's finished setting the game, and and that was like a great achievement because I think a lot of people thought that Rangers would come back at the league and challenge for titles, which wasn't the case. Um, see, when Rangers were there, did you feel like a, did you ever discuss the beginning of the season or thing like that, thinking what can we actually achieve this year because they're not here? Ah, uh, even, even when Rangers came up, because they signed a lot of players in that, didn't they? So we. We kind of knew they weren't going to just hit the ground running. Like, it was always going to be hard with the players they signed for them just to come in. Because as I say, we had a good team. It wasn't going to be easy to, to knock us off second. And we, um, at the start of the season, and that, we, what we always said today, we, we always, we'd always speak about the cup because it was massive for Aberdeen like, to get the finals and try to win things. But second place was always a big thing. Uh, even when Rangers came back up, we always felt we were good enough when we heard the squads at the time. So see, Rangers signed a lot of players, say for doing an England League One, League Two, and we felt we had players that were better than that at the time, to be honest with you. So we we were confident in being better than them. The games against them were always good because it was like I think they were still a wee bit away from Celtic at the time. And it well, it showed, but the games that we played against Rangers were, were always good because that was always games that could decide whether you finish second or not. That's the thing that I couldn't work out with Rangers when they were coming up through the leagues. And Aberdeen were, were, were finishing second every season. I know they signed Ryan Jack. Rangers probably should have signed more players from Aberdeen and then tried to bring in more quality from out with because you've got tried and tested players doing well in the Premier League every season without them. I just thought that you were a, a very cheaper option. Like you went, you left Aberdeen to go to Norwich 
There'll be nothing to know. Always at the beginning of the conversation, we said, oh, you're going to go to Rangers this year. Surely back then, Rangers must have been thinking, well, why don't we go and get Kenny McLean, Ryan Jack, Peter Paul, guys that were doing well consistently. I just think it was an opportunity maybe missed for Rangers. Uh, it could have been. There were, I mean, there was talk a couple of things about Rangers, but nothing, nothing ever came to Like Nothing ever materialised right back for me. Um, like Nothing was ever in front of me. Even when I was out of contract at Aberdeen, I had six months left my deal. And there was talks, but nothing, nothing, nothing too big, to be honest with you. And nothing for me to get excited about. Because there was nothing ever in front of me. And there was, you know, they were still... I don't know if it was Graham Murray who was in charge at the time when I was leaving Aberdeen and there was no, like, they didn't look to have any stability at the club still. Obviously, Aye. since Gerard's came in, it seems to have changed that. Obviously, there's still, the points difference is still big, but it's no doubt it would be better than clubs are at a place. No. Aye, would you say you, you look like a young Graham Murray? <laughs> Graham Murray, I mean, he's doing his son. <laughs> I've seen that Aberdeen team, obviously, you spoke about Gowser, Thompson, Van Zanten, the St. Martin dressing room. Who were uh, who the good lads in the Aberdeen dressing room? I, I was a good changing room, to be fair. I was a really good changing room. Uh, we, we Johnny Hayes, he was a East South bag man. He was, a, <laughs> he was mental, by the way. Um, Renouf was a good laugh, but he didn't drink, so you could never trust him. No. He was the man that always told you what you were doing. Never trust the man that doesn't drink. He would tell you what you've done the night after a night, do you know what I mean? One of the ones. Oh no, what he tell you? Oh, I hate him. Fucking hell, I knew he would tell We, we Johnny was mad. Joe, who's Quinny? Joe Quinny? Paul Quinn? Oh, Paul Quinn's a screwball, mate. When he came up, as I say, he was, what was funny then? He was in his 30s. He was at Tomo, he'd calmed down a wee bit, but he was still, if you were out for a pint with Quinny, we'd come home the next day. That was a fact. Quinny was mad, but uh, it was a good change in him. It was, we John Hayes used to be shy everywhere, man. He was a filthy wee dick. Great <laughs> to God. Honestly, I actually, I ended up getting caught up with him. Remember the boy West Burns at us? He was yeah. going for Bristol City. Yeah. I, used next, I used to sit next to West, and uh, he got a, he got like a delivery for his Christmas, for his agent, like a, a bottle of champagne and opened up and it chocolates on the inside and all that. And it sat there for a few days and I was asking, what, what are you doing with that? Like, can I give my dad that for Christmas? Because I know I'm going to use it. So I was no worries. So we were running last leave one day and we opened up, there was chocolates in that and it munched all the chocolates out of it. He's got the notice. So I shat in the wee box, done a shite in the wee box for the chocolates for. Put it back in, tied it up. It was the hands, I think it was all. Professional. Tied it back up, sat it back in his place. A couple of days later, it disappeared. I was like, ah, did you use that, that present for somebody? He's like, ah, I'm, this was in December before Christmas. He's like, I'm leaving in January. He says, so I gave it to my neighbour. I was like, ah. That's shocking. What? I was like, no, oh, he said, I gave it to my neighbour. I said, you can get the phone, you're shouting that. He had to text his neighbour saying, by the, he sent him a big massive paragraph saying, eh, by the way, that Christmas present I gave you, I got it to the club and one of the ones that threw in it. <laughs> Really God, mate. He says just throw it out, but I was like, the guy's definitely had a wee peek in there, honey. What is it with the fucking football? The best thing is that he's called it a poo. A poo, I swear to God. The guy replied something like, nah, surely it's just a joke. And he's like, nah, mate, chuck it out. I swear to God, there's a poo in there. Oh, mate, that's, true. that's one of the best stories I've heard, man. Swear to God, he gave it to his Christmas. Wait, that see, did Dell get involved in the banter as well, Kenny? I Dale and Doc loved it, man. They they too loved. That's how. That's how like we we were a tight we were a tight group, and Dale and Doc are part of that. Obviously, Barry Robson ended up in the coaching staff, but like you could just have a laugh with him. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't it? like when we were working, we were working, but you could always have a laugh with him. They were they were good with the bad. Yeah, with Robo, Smash Boys, and training stuff. Oh, big rusty elbows, man. He is the dirtiest player in the world, man. Isn't he? He, he, he used to be, so he, he was older again when I went there. Robo was, uh, I went in January and it, I started playing ahead of him. So he hated me, Robo, like hated me. <laughs> he is like that, he is like that. He hates you. Yeah. Honestly, he was so competitive in training and that. Every, everything he done was with his elbows, like everything he done. Do you remember the game at Motherwell? No. He sent it was a big game, I cut, like, 
maybe the year before I left, and uh, he went on with, with about two minutes to go, and Dale's like, going and just camera everything down, like, the game was hectic, we were lying up. He's like, going and camera everything down. The, he came on at a goal kicker, sort of like, kicked up, smashed a boy, set half, walked in the corner, to, 30 seconds later, Dale came in and changed him, like, I fucking told you to camera things down. He's like, well, it took me a couple of minutes to get half the, half the pitch, so it was a few minutes before it started again. But he was a duck, bastard, man. I ended up getting on well, with him. Uh, he's a good player as well. Uh, right, Kev, you're a Scotland man, so you can ask him about Scotland trips. Aye, obviously you've been away, capped a few times, Kerry. What, um, what is it like in these modern days, times we um, getting together? Because obviously there's more scrutiny now with social media and people with camera phones and things. Is it still a wee bit raucous behind the curtains? No, really, to be honest. Um, it has been aye, but we... Well, no, obviously we're not. We don't need anything like that because the press just jump on everything. But I love to have it. See, because I'm doing here, and obviously it's we get a lot of form boys here, and it's quite. It's a wee bit low key down here. They say the least they'll change them. So when I go up there, I just, I just uh, let the hair do a wee bit. Just what try to enjoy it. What, what, what was the the trip to Peru like? Ah, uh, that was that was weird, man. It was some trip though. It's a good trip. We we put that was the two games before Peru and Mexico went to the World Cup. Aye. So the games were mad. But they told we wondered how to leave the hotel on it. It was we were in Mexico City. Don't know if you've saw pictures of that. See me fly in. It's just for village. You can't see the can't see the gun. We we flew in. It was carnage. And when we got there, they were like, like "Don't wear your watch when you're doing it. Don't wear." We thought, like, "Why the fuck have you brought us here for a friendly?" <laughs> and I leave the hotel and see I think we two straight on two wee security guards we see the wee G4S guys they, they, they'd been getting each other locked in here cuts one and took the sideies right after the other one they were about less than five fit and they were about five stone walk, see when we were walking to the show for something they would walk behind us with a swagger man I was half somebody tries it in here being fucking dumb they favelas that's what uh, Paul McGowan's scheme looks like isn't it <laughs> Against what? Scheme. Oh, dude. Honestly, the scheme got flying in, people like, oh, shit. <laughs> right, mate, just the last wee bit about Norwich. Um, obviously, Pookie's there for the uh, Celtic fans that watch us. Is he, is he top class, Pookie? Like, is, he a, is he a top Premier League player? Aye. Yeah, actually, actually is. Is he, like, man? I, I don't know if I played against him or anything like that when he was up at Celtic. I, I can't even mind it. I'm stuck about it, but. I could, I could actually mind seeing him, seeing him on a night out in Subway after, after Sugar Cube or something, giving him abuse. But that was all I remember him. Wait, who were you playing for at the time? When you were getting him abuse? I must have been Giving him abuse, I swear to God, me and my pals, man, in Subway. <laughs> my pals, support Rangers. Who could just ride a Subway up the road? Steve's food up in Subway, man, we're abusing him. But he's uh, what a guy, man. Good for a Sunday, I think, as well. Is he? Well, he likes a pint. He looks, he looks like a, a bit of a geek now. Nah. Oh, he's a tramp. Does he? Does he give a fuck? Sweet to God, sweet to God. Rolls out of bed in the morning. Comes in. Does his work and away he goes. Same plays the next day. Doesn't he? That's who doesn't care. What a hero, man. Kev, that's mad, isn't it? How he's went for it. Like, it's like I'm not, you could tell he was technically decent, but he just never done it at all. And he's now scoring a lot of goals in the Premier League. It's mad how your career can just change, isn't it? It's mad because um, for me it's no a surprise because the reason he was at Celtic in the first place is because somebody saw something in him for him to beat Celtic. So sometimes clubs don't fit the player and maybe Norwich just fits Pookie. He's maybe like Kenny says, he, he doesn't give a fuck and I always find that some of the some of the, the really, really good players that I played with in dressings, they didn't give a fuck and that was maybe the difference that made them better than everybody else. They just had that um, sense of me and probably Slaney. I don't know what you were like, size of player, but I overthought things all the time. Was thinking constantly, fucking questioning myself all the time. Whereas maybe Pretty just fucking goes out and does what he does, and what will be will be. And maybe that just makes it easier for him. I don't know, but it's a great fucking story because if he keep if he, if he can keep Norwich up, score a few more goals, somebody's going to try and take him away. That, that's yeah. that, that's got to happen. See, see what he was at Celtic as well. I'll, like, when he came to us, obviously I gave him a bit of stick in that. 
But he says he actually started well at Celtic, and then when and just wasn't having him at all. He scored, I think he scored a couple of goals in Europe mm-hmm. when he signed, signed for a couple of million, and then he just got put out of favour for, for whatever reason. He says he didn't really do much. He says he, he's, he thinks he'd done scoring a couple of games, and that was him out, and then he signed Jeff in the January, and that was him mm-hmm. totally wrong. Yeah. That's what happened. Danny, ask you about it as well, mate. I love the wee boy Cantwell. He, he looks like a wee mosher, doesn't he? But what a player he is. Uh, yeah, he is a wee mosher. He's a, he's a funky wee guy. He's a, he's a good, good player. He's been linked with, obviously, moves to go here, there and everywhere. But he's, he's another one. Bro. So and he's, like, he's like Cantwell uh, with Madison as well. He's so confident in his ability. But he's, mm. he'll, try, he'll try things, do you know what I mean? For being such a young boy. He struggled a wee bit last year actually in the championship. He was in and out of the team. Um, and he's come back this, uh, last start of the season. And he's been our best player really. Stood out, obviously he's been the man everyone's thought about. Scored goals, got some assists. So he's uh, he's got a big future in the game to be fair. He's good man. And uh, one more person he asked you about Matt McGovern, mate. What a hero man. Yeah, I watched uh, I watched Marshy's a couple of weeks ago, mate, talked about him saving up his face. I said to him, every day, mate, I said to him, like, the ball, he will shoot for 30 yards and he'll still save up his face. He'll put his hands at the side and just go, Honestly, man, he's what a guy he is, by the way. Stays just with the corner for me. Have you, had a, have you had a face like that? You would keep your hands clean and just take it in the face, wouldn't you? Ah, you may as well. Uh, just with a big glove in your heat. Uh, last question on Norwich. Who's he's bigger, Grant Hanley or Kev's now you've seen it up close? You know what? <laughs> Grant I think I've still going to be a big Grantie, man. Big Grizzly. He's, he's just a big, hairy bastard. Honestly. He, what's, uh, he like? what's he like? Because I think I think in the past, I've maybe gave him a wee bit of stick when he got picked for Scotland and stuff. He maybe didn't have the best performances, but... He seemed to have just kind of stayed under radar and keeps playing with Norwich every week. He's the captain and nobody really bats an eye there. He's not been called up for Scotland recently or anything. So, what, what's he like? Is he all right, aye? Well, I think he's, um, he's been considered for Scotland the last few times. He's had a couple of injuries this season, but, like, I think it's probably... You know what I mean? Burnley is the only thing you think he's not a fucking fit of player. Aye, maybe no easier on the eye. That's what I'm thinking of. But see when you... See when I took water to him every day, like I would not like to play against him. He's wow. he's an animal. He's yeah. fucking rapid. He's strong in there. He's got everything. I think he's just he would. But the first to tell you, he's not the he's not the best in the ball. He's not easy to handle. He's he's a fucking big he's strong warrior, boy. He's a warrior. Ah, uh-huh. uh, he is. He like I that's how obviously he is a captain. But he's he's somebody you can just trust. You know what I mean? What has he got? Reynolds Quiver? Has he got a card as well? No, 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 as no as much a boomerang as Reynolds, but he's he's um, to be fair, see, see, played under under the manager, like you've not got an option but to play. So he's he's came on obviously under the manager in terms of playing massively. Mate, I love the manager, man. He looks like a baddie in like kindergarten cop or something, didn't he? But Mate, he's he's a he's a character. He's good. Yeah, he's a he's a character as well. He's a like he just loves Superman, like. We, we sit in meetings for hours a, a day, just talking tactics and just, honestly, he just loves meetings and just, like, even training and going for hours. Tra- we be training for two and a half hours a day in that because he just does the way he wants to train picks, like, doing possession drills to, to your fall asleep, man. But, like, we, we're used to it now and, like, the training we do is, can, like, if somebody came down for, for Scotland, like, when I was at Aberdeen, we'd train for an hour and a half a day. Four days a week, see something can do it here. They do a fucking reality check, man. We <laughs> did double sessions and. Yeah, isn't that worse, Kenny? Do you think that, 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 that much more? Does that help you improve your game? Uh, well, I think it does, I because look at us last year. Because I, like, see the start of our season, the championship season, we, we were struggling massively. Like, most, probably four or five, six games, and we just kept going and kept going. We were, we were sitting in the meeting room for hours, we were putting the pitch, working on stuff every day and we just get better we ended up, we ended up just, you adapt to things like that, see the amount of hours you're training on the pitch, not you adapt to things like that, you, you sit now, I've been here for a couple of years, I'm used to, you know, the load that we're doing and you, you just, 
it's just phenomenal. But I think when players can boom, if they can do it as they would be a fucking shock. Mate, we were the same at Swindon, night, like two and a half hour sessions, but best, best football I've ever played, mate. Uh, well, this, I think it does work as well, mate. Uh, you don't, you know, like, even, I love doing it, but I've always gone to moan about it. But you, there's no doubt it helps because, as I say, we, especially in the championship season, it helped us massively. And I think this season sees the season been going, and we've adapted to the really. As I say, for the third year, we've actually done all right. We're still in the FA Cup, obviously, as well. So we'll still get, we'll still get a wee chance to stay up. So we'll see how that goes. Kev, you're, a, you're an hour a day, man. Five sides and up the road. I I used to hate fucking long training because I couldn't focus. I see, see, I didn't. When I was at Coventry, we were five o'clock in the morning. We'd go for a fat burner, and then we'd go away home and come back and get breakfast. Then we'd do like your normal training session, and then in the afternoon we'd come back at four o'clock to do a wee gym session. That was like a three-week period for pre-season. I just could not fucking deal with that. I'm, I'm, I, I used to be because I liked to gamble that back in the day. I used to think, like, we can get finished for fucking one o'clock, the dogs stop at half past one. It was at the training ground across the the dog track, and that was me, man. I was, I couldn't get the place quick enough. The gym, what's the gym? I didn't even know what a gym looks like. Obviously, that shows me in my later life, but no, I, I couldn't deal with that. Right, last week, mate, you mentioned the promotion. Amazing, man. Like, see, when you first went down to Norwich, did you, was that the target to get to the Premier League? Uh... When, when I originally signed, no, like, I didn't think, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the Premier here. Like, I just, because it was my first time going to England, so I just wanted to go down, try and get some games, see how, I, see how I handled it, really. And obviously, after the first, as I said, five or six games, we were struggling, and I got injured after two of them. So I was, like, I was struggling massively down here, like, obviously, moved away, um, got injured, we were struggling as a team, and then see when we were going to run, see that championship for getting the medal. It's madness, we just kept going and going. And then, obviously, probably by Christmas, January time, we were starting to think about promotion and we were, we were getting excited massively. It was, but what a, what a season it was, my first season down here, promotion. Wow. I'm just going back up the road now. And then the wages double the wages, young man. Tremendous. So, to be fair, the, the club gave everybody new contracts last year when we came up as well, so. I think you, you got that uh, horrible clause in your contract when you go down, you lose 50% of your increase or something like that. That's uh, a fucking nightmare. That's, what, that's, the, that's the thought process of it. Aye. Kenny, what a hero. Thank you. Aye, cheers, Kenny. Nice talking to you. Good, Good luck, mate. Hopefully, you oh, stay up. See At Leia Healthcare, we always want to give our members more. So now you get unrestricted access to a world of benefits that will help you stay healthy. From convenient video calls with a GP to get prescriptions online, to easy access to experts when you finally want to do something about your ropey knee or dodgy back. And if you do need to see someone urgently, our clinics are available for minor injuries, all without you needing to put your hand in your pocket. Let's stay on top of your health in every way. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Insurance provided by Ellipse Insurance Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare. Leia Healthcare Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare and Leia Life is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Unrestricted benefits are available until the end of December. Fair usage policy applies. If COVID-19 has impacted your business's finances and you have difficulties in accessing credit, the government's COVID-19 Credit Guarantee Scheme could help. The scheme is designed to provide SMEs, primary producers and small mid-caps access to low-cost liquidity to keep their businesses operating. The scheme covers loans of up to €1 million Euro, with terms of up to five and a half years. The COVID-19 Credit Guarantee Scheme facilitates your bank in providing liquidity and working capital to your business with an initial focus on term loans and working capital loans. Loans of up to €250,000 are unsecured. The scheme will be available until the end of December 2020. Find out more at sbci.gov.ie or call 1800 804 482. The scheme covers loans between 10,000 and 1 million euro, with terms of between three months to five and a half years. Loans are unsecured up to 250,000 euro. Terms and conditions apply. This is a Government of Ireland initiative delivered by the SBCI. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was, like, wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.